0: Good afternoon and welcome to the newest Modern Times podcast. This one's a debate special. We're going to be focusing on Trump-Clinton take two and also the Arizona Senate uh, debate between Ann Kirkpatrick and Senator John McCain. Again, John Guzon with you and also joining us is our political expert, at least in our realm for sure, here, Karen Weil. Hi, Karen.
1: Hi, good afternoon, everybody.
0: Uh, you know, we talked about we were gonna, earlier when we were doing our prep here, we talked about doing Clinton-Trump and uh, McCain-Kirkpatrick, but we also had, there was one that happened about a week ago, uh, which we didn't want to uh, ignore, although we're not going to go really deep into it, but there was a vice presidential debate um, the, between the time of our last podcast and this one. Uh, what did you think of that one, Karen? Well, I feel it certainly
1: was a more substantive debate than what we saw uh, sadly, on Sunday night. A lot of that's there, excuse the alliteration. Um, I would say in terms, purely for style, I think Mike Pence ran away with it. Uh, on substance, however, Tim Cain did. Um, Kane, of course, uh, I felt at times was quite clumsy, uh, a little bit too eager, in a sense. Obviously, Pence's more laid-back attitude helped him, although it, and this is you know, been widely reported and confirmed Pence repeatedly lied uh, to the point where it was just not funny. Um, and, and, and Kane pretty much stayed sexual. Obviously, he exaggerated on certain things. But, uh, again, I think in terms of, of real substance, he won it. Um, I, I don't think, in this case, either man either helped or hurt his running mate. Uh, to me, it turned out to be a draw. One observation I had I really took away from the debate was that he may not be, I suppose, the most ideal running mate for Hillary Clinton, but you can see that Tim Kaine seems to really enjoy this, what he's doing. Uh, He seems to relish this campaign and enjoys being Hillary Clinton's running mate. I I think, frankly, with Mike Pence, uh, for all Whatever good qualities he may have shown during this campaign, and I will say that he has, but it, it just looks like he is not happy to be here. I think you know what I mean.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, he clearly seemed highly uncomfortable in defending Donald Trump, uh, and certainly, of course, with the uh, shall we say, P. Gate <laughs> video right. scandal. I'm sure everybody knows what the P means. There, I'm not <laughs> going to say the word.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll uh, get to that in a minute. So.
1: Uh, well, but uh, especially over the weekend just you can tell this is just extraordinarily uncomfortable for him. Uh, I honestly thought he was going to bail. Uh, I, but, it, but it, it just doesn't look like that's going to be the case but yeah. I, I think we know in fact I have to bring this up. The New Republic had an article that came out right after the debate. Uh, Mike it, it, Pence is looking towards 2020. Uh, yeah, you know, I think he's himself up to be in a very good position to run for president in four years. Sure. I, I don't think, despite the embarrassment of Trump, I don't really think it's hurting him. And, uh, you know, I mean,
0: I mean, there is a little bit. I mean, he's going to have, um, you know, he can say that he's separate from it, but at the same time, as we know, they even have policy positions that are different. And that was one of the things that came out of that debate and it was something I had been discussing with with some other political wonks as early as uh June um that one of the biggest things was going to be when Trump had to start to share uh, a little bit of the spotlight and what happens there we all saw what had the way he treated Chris Christie um earlier when he would just you know kind of shuttle him back to his plane and say okay get out of here um you know Trump is not that kind yeah. to really be able to work with anyone and when you're running for president the vice president, you know, it's it's more your running uh, mate, and then when they get into office, you don't have to consult them very much. It's not so it's not so out in front of the public eye, but at least during the campaign, you need to be on the same page. You're you're supporting the same agenda. You have the same platform, and and there there was you know, Kane did hammer at that. I don't know how effective he was at that, but then it also then ended up playing out um, in 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 Clinton Trump Take Two, where they had that. Syria Aleppo moment, which we also will play that clip a little bit later. But um, you know, it's something that came out later. So you know, maybe Pence didn't hurt him so much initially, but it was a gift that kept on giving and, and followed all the way to presidential debate take two.
1: Yes, I, I do. I do agree with that. And on a on a side note to all of this, I found, and you, you've heard this sort of narrative in some Republican circles that if Trump wins, which, as of now, is looking highly unlikely, as of now, but again, we've still got a month to go. That's right. Uh, He basically would be a figurehead and that Pence would be doing the real governing, which is an immensely cynical, in my opinion, and disingenuous thing to be promoting. Donald Trump is supposed to be running for president. Mike Pence, who certainly has real, legitimate political experience, However, is not running for president. And I just think, frankly, that's an immense insult on so many levels. It's an insult to Republican voters, an insult to the country, an insult to just the American public in general to be pushing that kind of narrative. It's highly irresponsible. And again, I don't think it's something Mike Pence would particularly want to do. Um... I mean, again, I think Trump picked him because he was not that charismatic. He would not overshadow Trump. He's and evangelical.
0: He, he, you know, he's an <laughs> evangelical kind of guy from uh, a state that he needed the electoral votes from.
1: Precisely. Even though Mike Pence is not very popular in Indiana, as we know, uh, the Religious Freedom Bill that he was promoting received terrible backlash that really made the business community very angry. It made a lot of the Indianaans angry, uh, lost from a lot of business. There was a pretty good chance he would not have won re-election. I, mm-hmm. I, many were theorizing Pence accepted this not because he loves Donald Trump, but because he thought, yeah, this is uh, this is the only chance I have to stay in this game, so to speak. But again, I don't I, I don't think he has been as hurt from all of this uh, perhaps as some other VP picks would be. Uh, I, I just think we're going to see his name in 2020
0: as a real contender. Yeah, maybe you know um, it, it's definitely possible. You never know. I mean, four years is a long time. But let's go to uh, the the two presidential yes. candidates in their in their um, yes. second debate. And you were talked about you know what yes, he didn't do, what you know how Pence didn't hurt him. Um, and, or pence didn't hurt trump and you know part of that is that trump just keeps hurting himself to a certain level or Absolutely. some of these tapes Absolutely. and you talked about Pgate, um which um you know is a nice way to say um <laughs> that he was uh on a bus with billy bush um talking uh, like a bunch of kids um you know uh right
1: uh, it's it's i don't mean to laugh but because nothing of this is funny it's uh, well, you it's know, it's like problem.
0: one of those things when, you know, it's like, uh, it's almost a, it's part of human reaction, I think, to, you know, when you feel really uncomfortable, you kind of giggle, and it doesn't necessarily exactly. mean that you think it's funny. That's what I'm, and I'm from
1: Vegas, but so I've seen a lot of crazy things, so I guess that's <laughs> my reaction, to giggle.
0: Uh, well, you know, like... you know, I don't think we need to play a clip of what he said. I think pretty much everyone knows what he what said. I think I, I think we know what he said. yes. Um... Uh, oh, yeah. um so, you know, let's not go there, but let's go to um, a- anybody who might have missed it in the debate, and this is what we're going to talk about is, is his, um, I guess, apology or him, him um, um, tackling the question that was presented to him at the debate. So um, we got about a minute clip here, a uh, two-minute clip.
1: Okay.
3: Question from Patrice was about, are you both modeling positive and appropriate behaviors for today's youth? We received a lot of questions online, Mr. Trump, about the tape that was released on Friday. As you can imagine, you called what you said, locker room banter. You described kissing women without consent, grabbing their genitals. That is sexual assault. You bragged that you have sexually assaulted women. Do you understand that? No, I didn't say that at all. I don't think you understood what was said. This was locker room talk. Uh, I'm not proud of it. I apologize to my family. I apologize to the American people. Certainly I'm not proud of it. But this is locker room talk. You know, when we have a world where you have ISIS chopping off heads, where you have, and frankly, drowning people in steel cages, where you have wars and, and horrible, horrible sights all over, where you have so many bad things happening. This is like medieval times. We haven't seen anything like this, the carnage all over the world. And they look and they see. Can you imagine the people that are, frankly, doing so well against us with ISIS and they look at our country and they see what's going on. Yes, I'm very embarrassed by it. I hate it. But it's locker room talk. And it's one of those things. I will knock the hell out of ISIS. We're going to defeat ISIS. ISIS happened a number of years ago in a vacuum that was left so, because of bad judgment. And I will tell you, I will take care of ISIS. So Mr. And Trump, we should get on to much more important things and much bigger things. Just for the record, though... Are you saying that what you said on that bus 11 years ago, that you did not actually kiss women without consent or grope women without consent? I have great respect for women. Nobody has more respect for women than I do. So for the record, I you're said, saying you never said did that? i things that, frankly, you you hear these things I said. And I was embarrassed by it, but I have tremendous respect for women. Have you ever done women those things? have respect for me. And I will tell you, no, I have not. And I will tell you that I'm going to make our country safe. We're going to have borders on our country, which we don't have now. People are pouring into our country, and they're coming in from the Middle East and other places. Uh, we're going to make America safe again. We're going to make America great again, but we're going to make America safe again. And we're going to make America wealthy again, because if you don't do that, uh, it just and it sounds harsh to say, but we have to build up the wealth of Thank our you, nation. Right now, other nations are taking our jobs, and they're taking our wealth. Thank you, Mr. Trump.
0: Now, when he said, um, if you don't do that, if you don't make America wealthy again, I was really worried. I had it in the back of my mind that he was going to say, if you don't make America wealthy again, how can you grab the, you know what? Um, uh, Because, of course, if you're not wealthy, um, you can't get the, you know. uh, So, he's going to knock the hell out of ISIS, um, and we've made that clear that it's also locker room talk. Um, Karen, what do you got besides that? I don't really I don't really know what to say anymore.
1: Well, you're right. I think Americans are sort of just. I, I think there's just. On a, on a bigger note, I have to say, I think a lot of Americans just are really fatigued by this election already. They can't wait for it to be over. Um, but I think Trump's attempt at an apology was lackluster, for starters. Uh, it was clumpy in his attempt to pivot from. His language and then into something about Isis uh, I just I again I, I don't think and when he also had the uh, tape apology which he then pivoted to attacking Hillary Clinton and of course bringing up uh, some uncomfortable things from her past and we all know with the press conference he held with several women who claimed they were either sexually harassed or and now in a more serious level on the case of Winnie Broderick claimed that she was raped by the former president. Sure. Um, Which, to me, to a lot of people, even some conservatives reacted, they were not pleased with it, saying he's just exploiting these women's experiences, whether they happened or not. And and this is such a touchy subject because no one wants to look like they're not being sympathetic to someone who has claimed uh, this type of sexual abuse from anyone, be it, someone in public office or somebody's employer or whomever. Um, but it, it, most of these people said it's doubtful that he gives one hoot about any you know, of these women and what they went through. They're simply something for him to exploit to take the heat off him and to, you know and put it back on Hillary Clinton.
0: Yeah, you know and I, 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 and I even actually saw, I think it was today, uh, might have been yesterday. Um, something on CNBC where they showed an interview f- that he gave in 1998 where he was saying how he couldn't believe that, that Clinton would mess around with Lewinsky and Jones because they were so ugly. Uh, Absolutely.
1: I, this is not a man who has any history, any kind of legitimate uh, ability to say that he really cares about women's rights. His own personal life shows otherwise. Uh it, it's a personally for me I I've both been one to understand that public officials are going to mess up and sometimes that means they're going to act in a way as Bill we all know Bill Clinton did in, in the mid nineties with Ms. Lewinsky, uh you know, and display extraordinarily bad behavior. Uh but say what we will about Bill Clinton in that respect, he never went around preaching about family values or personal morality. Because I'm sure he understood, and a lot of—I think a lot of Americans who elected him twice understood—they know that he had a past, and they knew he had a bit of a problem. But they were willing to trade that for the fact that he was a very competent president. Mistakes aside, and not just the sex scandal, but other policy mistakes and foreign policy mistakes he made.
0: Right. So So
1: For a lot of Americans, the hypocrisy of what Trump is doing is it's just too much to bear.
0: So is that is that—is that like a a, an effect of not having enough policy when you're all um, PR and persona and then when that persona is shown to be against um, some of the presentation that you give, um, how 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 you're just a businessman, you care about things, you care about people, you're looking out. Um, but you don't have any policy behind it to, to 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 kind of lean on. Is that the difference? Is that kind of what you're getting at? Is like Clinton had, uh, you know, the intellect, the policy chops. Um, some of the, especially because it was a lot of this was really second term. I mean, the Jennifer Flowers thing was sort of before he got elected, and he, you know, him, what? him and Hillary went on 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 TV to make up for it. But then all the rest of that was after he had already been president. Um, so then it became more of, hey, do you is this disqualify you now? Um, Well, and I
1: think in 1996 and up, an election where, frankly, Bill Clinton didn't even have to campaign. I mean, we're talking ancient history 20 years ago, but he beat Bob uh, Dole, and, of course, Bob Dole tried to make his character an issue, and it flopped. Um, Again, because I think most Americans, not all, of course, who didn't like Bill Clinton were never going to vote for him, no matter what, but they felt the president was doing a good enough job on so many other levels. Whatever personal failings he may have had did not count as much. And I think Democrat or Republican voters are willing to cut public officials some slack. However, when they are blatantly hypocritical, like Donald Trump, like Bernie Giuliani, like Newt Gingrich, and a host of others, none of whom would ever be considered fire boys given their pretty sad treatment of former wives that they had, I think again, for most people, that that's just it's it's repulsive on a lot
0: of levels. Right. Yeah. It's. Uh, so, and, so, yeah. Yeah. It's you know I mean it goes back to the temperament issue and when you've never run for office before, you've never held public office before, um, and, and you have no real policy background besides to say we're going to build a wall or I'm going to knock the hell out of ISIS, um, then uh, without really giving any kind of details having no, you know, it's basically on your temperament. And and then when you have little things that come around that show you're a little bit like an immature frat boy, even though you're a 60-year-old man, which is which is how old he was when he said these things. What um, You know, I think that's why it leads to a little bit of a different standard than, than what Bill Clinton is held to and was held to. Um, you know, but that's my take. Um, let's... Uh, Again,
1: yeah, Bill Clinton was punished for his behavior... The other office. He, well, technically, he was impeached for lying under oath. So, uh, the idea somehow all, you know, you hear from the right all the time, he just got a whip with it. No, I'd say he did not. In fact, frankly, when Bill Clinton didn't left office, even though his approval rating was still fairly high, I, I think a lot of the American public was sick of it. And, you know, he did the smart thing. He regrouped, he's the Clinton Foundation, and holy but surely began gaining back some goodwill. Uh, and, of course, during the worst of the Bush administration, you might recall sort of the nostalgia for the Clinton era right. um, that that happened. Um, and and uh, you know, the former president, again, I think he worked hard to get back in the public eye and be accepted. Right. Um, so, again, there are just so many differences here between... Between him and the man running for president now, it's, it's not even funny.
0: Well, let's go to then what um, what uh, Hillary Clinton has to say on whether Donald Trump has the discipline to be president or the temperament to be president. Okay, um, it's about a one minute clip here. Yes,
3: Mr. Clinton, does Mr. Trump have the discipline to be a good leader? No. Oh, I'm shocked to hear <laughs> that.
4: Well, it's 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 not only my opinion it's the opinion of many others uh national security experts republicans former republican members of congress but it's in part because those of us who have had the great privilege of seeing this job up close and know how difficult it is and it's not just because i watched my husband take a 300 billion dollar deficit and turn it into a 200 billion dollar surplus And 23 million new jobs were created, and incomes went up for everybody, everybody. African-American incomes went up 33%. And it's not just because I worked with George W. Bush after 9-11. And I was very proud that when I told him what the city needed, what we needed to recover, he said, you've got it, and he never wavered. He stuck with me. And I have worked, and I admire President Obama. He inherited the worst financial crisis since the Great Depression. That was a terrible time for our country.
0: So Donald doesn't have it, I guess. Uh, doesn't have that temperament. Um, his response to when she says no, he doesn't even say, he doesn't try to rebut it, he doesn't wait. Um, is there? Is there to you any telling in his when she said no, he said, oh, be surprised. Does does that tell you anything?
1: Look, there are a lot of people who are theorizing and have from the beginning that really, Donald Trump was never serious about becoming president. Uh, and, I, you know, but somehow here we are now where he stands some chance, certainly not as strong as maybe a month ago, of becoming president. But, um... Uh, again, I, I suspect even if by some chance he did win, I, Trump wouldn't probably even finish one term. You know, he simply does not have the discipline or the intellect or anything else for this job. And it, it, to me, it was telling, just the reaction on its face. Perhaps on, on some weird level, he might be agreeing with her, but he will never admit that publicly. <laughs> That's my armchair psychology on I don't know.
0: I mean, you know, I mean, if I play armchair psychologist with him is that, you know, whatever he thought at one point, I think he, you know, his ego is so big. He wants it so bad. That's why he is so angry. I mean, some of the stalking um, behavior that he seemed to have. I mean, when I was watching it live, seeing him pace, I mean, um, we've been watching these debates, uh, (laughs) you know, for, 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 for 20, 25 years. Um, that's like a no-no, you know. You, you you learn how to control your body. I mean, he did. He looked like a caged animal. I really think he takes it personally. And how do you, you know, the biggest loss ever? You know, you talk about not being a loser. Uh, losing for president even makes people who've had a lifetime of of political success a little depressed. I don't know if you saw McCain after two thousand eight. He looked like a shell of himself for a few weeks. He was just, you know, hiding out. I mean. It's, it's not easy, you know, whether no matter what he thought, no matter what his escape plan is, no matter whether he's going to have Breitbart, he's going to buy part of it or or they're going to make Breitbart Trump or whatever. Um, it's not going to be as simple as anybody thinks. Uh, and, and, and like and I agree with you, if he wins, um, you know, God help our country, I think, and not because of what he does well, politically, uh, because of what he right. can't handle. It temperamentally. It would be a
1: disaster and again. And I think he didn't do one term. Again, there, there are all kinds of are almost Faustian bargains here being part of the GOP in terms of dealing with him. And again, the idea that somehow he would not really be governing, that would fall to Mike Pence. I, I don't think that that would work very well. Number two, if the GOP tried somehow to corner Trump or try to keep him under wraps, that also because of his massive ego. Uh, that wouldn't work either. Uh, so I, I guess you're you're looking at somebody who, and I'm, i is, is unraveling. The entire campaign is unraveling. Even if I suppose in the next month he has there's some good news and it may be even another bump in the polls. But this is a campaign that really is the worst I've ever seen. Mm. And there, you know, we've seen in the past presidential campaigns where or Democrat and Republican where uh, things just started going wrong because of the internal management. Due to incompetence, or or perhaps just refusal to acknowledge what was really going on, right? Um, but I, you know, I, I think it's fair to say, never seen anything quite this unstable or erratic in my life. In terms of the people he has around him, and in how, in terms of how they're behaving, and even somebody like Kellyanne Conway, who's a uh, noted and in the past, I don't think anymore, it's fair to say, respected political analyst. Uh, You know this kind of mayhem. It's it might seem entertaining, but it's it's frightening, frankly.
0: Yeah, and you know you you want somebody
1: they want to be leader of the free world.
0: Yeah, and you know you mentioned how it's a a a new sort of dynamic. You know, probably one we'll never see again because there likely won't be another candidate like Trump again. Um, Help, but you know another aspect to that was his threat to. Uh, That that he made to investigate uh, Hillary Hillary Clinton. We have that clip, too It's about another minute clip. Let's play that and then let's uh, Discuss it afterwards.
3: I think the one that you should really be apologizing for and the thing that you should be apologizing for Are the 33,000 emails that you deleted and that you acid-washed and then the two boxes of emails and other things last week that were taken from an office and are now missing And I'll tell you what, I didn't think I'd say this, but I'm going to say it, and I hate to say it. But if I win, I am going to instruct my attorney general to get a special prosecutor to look into your situation, because there has never been so many lies, so much deception. There has never been anything like it. And we're going to have a special prosecutor. When I speak, I go out and speak. The people of this country are furious. In my opinion, the people that have been long-term workers at the FBI are furious. There has never been anything like this where emails and you get a subpoena, you get a subpoena. And after getting the subpoena, you delete 33,000 emails. And then you acid wash them or bleach them, as you would say, a very expensive process. So we're going to get a special prosecutor, and we're going to look into it because you know what? People have been... Their lives have been destroyed for doing one fifth of what you've done, and it's a disgrace. And honestly, you ought to be ashamed of Secretary
0: yourself. Um, that's what we were talking about there. I think uh, something that we've never heard before, and people, you know, um, attribute it or or equalize it or refer it to the idea of like a banana republic, where somebody would, you know, whoever wins goes to the presidential palace, whoever loses goes to jail. Um,
1: if you were going to print they're going to run show the clip where he again he threatens her with jail time, which is basically something a dictator does. Right. Because he doesn't want his opponents or enemies around. It it, it is a fascistic type of tactic and I, I do not like to use that word very easily. Yep. Um, but that's what it is. Uh, it was just an appalling, embarrassing moment. Uh, he also called her the devil at one point uh this is simply not the behavior of a president it just isn't
0: yeah uh yeah and 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 uh, you know I, I i almost at this point just don't even want to uh you know discuss it anymore but you know we still have we have we have we have another month um of of, of this and and to see what's going to happen in november um is going to be is going to be very interesting and like we said, it's, it's, it's probably over. And one of the things I wanted to make a point I wanted to make you, I, I don't know whether I read it, saw it. Um, but there was the discussion of how no presidential candidate had come back from this sort of general national polling league. And even though I don't like national polls, because we all know that that's not what elects presidents. Um, it's these state okay. races. Um, but at the same time, no president has overcome it. Um, a, a this big of a lead ever. Um, and even now, it's it's even different than, say, the Dewey Truman um, situation because you have early voting. Um, and so people have already started voting. So whatever, you know, they usually say nowadays, it's it's not all the way up to Election Day. You're talking, you know, by mid-October, which we're at the 11th right now. Um, and, and very soon, it's going to be another week down. And and, and and the race is basically, at that point, solidified. Um, and that's, oh. you know. So what do you got after that, uh, you know? But you never know. As as there's been October surprises before, um, and mm-hmm. you never know what's out there. Um,
1: no, that's true. And I think, but right now what Trump is doing at this debate, to me, John, was clearly throwing as much red meat as possible out there to the base to keep them happy, uh, because he has stumbled so badly in the last few weeks that. This is just a way to make sure they get to the polls and to hook up more anger and hatred for Mrs. Clinton, While at the same time, Trump is also fighting stoking a lot of anger of the road voters and a probably a fairly good chunk of, of Republicans, too, who are not thrilled with him to begin with. Um, and it's uh, it's a desperate last-ditch attempt.
0: Is there any way, do you think, do you see any path for him to gain the White House at this point? Would it have to be a surprise uh, revelation of some sort, you know, that, I don't know, she really was having an, yeah. a, 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 an affair with Vince Foster and killed him in the park or something like that? I mean, you know.
1: Look, that only as we've seen through so many elections over the years and with the way the media is and with the incredibly sharp partisan divide, anything is possible. Um, but look, it's looking very good right now for Mrs. Clinton. Uh, if the election were held today, which it's not, she'd be running away with this. So, again, yeah, there's a few more weeks to go here. And so anything can happen. That's uh, why you're hearing a lot of Democratic-leaning media people, uh, especially on progressive talk radio, telling people, don't be complacent. She doesn't necessarily have this in the bag. Right. You know to get out and vote. Uh, if, if and if turnout were low, you know, which unfortunately we know, negative campaigns, be it from both candidates or just one, that tends to depress turnout. Not always.
0: Mm. And you know, uh, it, it,
1: but if we're low enough, there is that chance. Yes, somehow the Trump could could get in.
0: Yeah, yeah. but it, it, you know, it almost seemed like you know that you, you spoke to him, really speaking to the base, and the base alone really, in the, in, in the last debate. And, you know, it kind of does two things, at least the way that I see it, is it, it keeps him from being completely embarrassed because it energized that base, but it also energized Clinton's base, and, and basically anybody who supports her, I think, to and make well, sure like, that I, they show up. I, like,
1: yeah, I think what we saw earlier in the year a pundits claim... In the Democratic primary, because there was so much passionate support for Bernie Sanders, that if he did not get it, the nomination, that that was going to really depress turnout because supposedly nobody liked Hillary Clinton. And I, I've said many times, Mrs. Clinton is not a good retail
0: candidate. Right. Uh,
1: there are many you know, flaws within her that that turn people up, fair or not, but there it is. Uh, but th- you kept hearing that narrative, especially from pro-Bernie people. And, again, Senator Sanders ran a great campaign. There's no question that he he unleashed that passion that a lot of Democratic voters have and deserves considerable credit for that. Uh, but that supposedly that that was just going to turn off so many progressive voters that they wouldn't show up in November. But I, I think if you're looking at things now, that's, that's not the case. Right. And obviously— for many of those progressive voters, there's a, there's a percentage that will probably they will not be voting for Mrs. Clinton. They will go for Joe Stein, or just not vote in that race, or just not vote. I mean, that's their decision at the end of the day. But it's it, you know, polls have shown overwhelmingly Bernie Sanders supporters are coming out for Mrs. Clinton. Now, it may not be because they love her, and I, I I certainly don't think that is the case. I think it is because they are terrified of the idea of Donald Trump being president. They're willing to. Give her a chance. But if she gets in, you know, she's going to have a lot of pressure from the left. Uh, you know, it's going to be a difficult tightrope for her to walk. Again, I'm projecting into the future here, but right. she's going to have to prove a lot to that particular base of, of voters within the Democratic Party. But again, I go back to my, my what I was saying, I, I think there's certainly more enthusiasm for her this year than there might have been if, say, she against John Kasich. And sure. I will say this right now: John Kasich were the GOP nominee, and he were smart and picked Susanna Martinez of New Mexico mm-hmm. to be his nominee, uh, uh, the league would be a reversal, and I think the Republicans would be looking at a pretty big victory in November. But it's not; uh, it's Donald Trump.
0: Right, right, right. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, as 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 uh, you know, I read somewhere else, you know, somebody gave an opinion that, you know, with 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 Hillary running as to be the first female president um he, uh, Trump's negatives kind of take away some of that argument it, it it then makes her actually a stronger candidate and I don't you know I mean I, I know that debate is there whether whether she would be you know it's more in her wheelhouse to debate someone who who is not just a grandstander um and and so she then you know talking policy with Kasich she might be able to really kind of maneuver him where she can't do that with trump because he's just all bombastic so right. in,
1: not a
0: serious part I'm trying to mm-hmm. well you know let's then transition through to um, the other debate we wanted to talk about today um something a little bit you know closer to home to modern times readers um, and to what we do on a on a on a regular basis um, is the Senate race bet- between uh, Senator John McCain our longtime Arizona senator and representative ann Kirkpatrick um, which was an interesting one and, and, and like everything else the segue is, the presidential during you know presidential election years, that that race infects the rest of the ballot, um, and so Mer, uh, McCain and Kirkpatrick spent a, a, a quite a bit of time discussing uh, how they support um, what's at the top of the ticket. Um, so uh, let's go to first Kirkpatrick explaining why she supports Hillary Clinton. Okay.
2: I think she's the most experienced, knowledgeable candidate we've had for president in years. But I don't agree with everything in her policies. For instance, I've been fighting against the EPA for our coal-fired electrical plants. Uh, What I want to do is not shut them down overnight, but eventually transition into into alternative energies. But they're located in small towns where people need those jobs. And so we're going to have to have a plan to do this transition so that we don't lose any of those jobs.
0: Uh, 45 second rebuttal, Senator.
5: Hillary Clinton has told lies after lies. Hillary Clinton, I believe, is disqualified herself to be President of the United States.
0: So, um, John McCain says that that Clinton um, has disqualified herself to be President of the United States. Uh, Kirkpatrick says that she thinks she's the, that, that Clinton's the most qualified candidate, but she supports stuff like coal because Kirkpatrick comes from the rural Northern part of Arizona and they want those votes. Um, you know, she wants those votes. A lot of those people up there don't like, uh, environmental protection agency. They don't uh, necessarily like the department of interior when they stop logging and, and, and other things. So you can see where Kirkpatrick is coming from, um, one of those answers that supports the top of the ticket, but at the same time, um, she's protecting what is still her base uh, up there, Democrat, Republican. They just, they're, they're they're more about using the natural environment as a resource. Um, and that's just the way that it is. But then McCain turns around and, you know, he attacks Clinton as well, even though we'll get to a clip after this that doesn't, that shows that he doesn't support Trump. Um, so, you know, do, do you think this is going to really play down? I mean, we've all talked, we've seen the Arizona polls. Um, I think it's neck to neck in, in neck and neck with Trump and uh, and Clinton. Um, McCain and Kirkpatrick, on the other hand, um, McCain has had a slight lead going into the race. Um, do you think that their support of, of, of both of the uh, uh, you know the folks at the top of the ticket or lack thereof, do you think it's going to affect McCain or Kirkpatrick? I
1: think it missed McCain has more to lose than Kirkpatrick does. And Kirkpatrick, you know, I, I feel in general, I have to say, her debate performance was not all that impressive. Uh, you said in uh, your, your conversation, you're correct. She did not deliver a knockout blow. Uh, but she's a about step. Like I support Hillary Clinton and here's why. McCain is, is trying to have it both ways here uh because he can't afford to alienate the republican base although they've never been a big fan of his right not in the recent past as we know uh while being able to hold on to middle of the road voters or even some democratic voters who are reelecting him because they think in general he gets a good job for the state um so he you know he has to come out right out with a strong attack on hillary clinton again to throw the red meat uh, I did find some of his explanations and in, in his withdrawing support from Donald Trump to be very weak. Uh, it was probably his weakest moments. Those were his weakest moments during the debate. Yeah. Because he has tried to have that both ways.
0: Right, And right. I don't
1: think it's, it's worked all that well for him.
0: Yeah, well, let's let's uh, hear what he did have to say about well and why he withdrew his Trump support.
5: I'm in the arena. If someone wants to say something disparaging of me, I understand that. I don't understand it when it's said about other men and some women who have been imprisoned. I did not like it. I spoke out strongly against it. I spoke out strongly <clears throat> on several other issues where I thought that Mr. Trump was absolutely wrong. I've not been shy about it. The, the, the son of the Khan family, a man who literally sacrificed his life to save others as he approached an IED. All of those things I thought were very wrong. But then, when Mr. Trump attacks women and demeans the women in our nation and in our society, that is a point where I just have to part company. It's not pleasant for me to to renounce the nominee of my party. He won the nomination fair and square. But this is, I have daughters. I have friends. I have so many wonderful uh, people on my staff. They cannot be degraded and demeaned in that fashion, and so I believe that he—that I had to withdraw my support, just as I cannot support Hillary
0: Clinton. Forty. So he can't support Clinton. He can't support Trump. Uh, what can he support? I guess you know that's the one thing that McCain I, hasn't I really know. stated. Uh, uh, you know, I, I don't you
1: know. Yeah, I don't know what McCain does. Uh, he some credit. Now, for kind of that very strong uh, takedown of Trump, although, but it certainly took him a long time to get to it. And of course, I think before the primary in your state, even though it appears it, it, it turns out that he won that
0: pretty handily,
1: uh, he was just trying to make sure he did not infuriate that base that is supporting Trump no matter what. Um, and but again, I just McCain has tried to have it throughout this election both ways. Um, yeah he he's probably going to be reelected so it, it you know it's not gonna hurt him but uh it just uh his his earlier you know s- statements about trump were pretty weak in my opinion
0: sure you know i mean there's there has been that discussion here about how you know he knew and it's been, it was it been a, a political calculation for him that he had to uh support trump during the primary to defeat uh right. Um, you know, whatever chemtrail Kelly Ward, no, you know, whatever they want to call her, um, you know, but right. uh, and and then after that, all bets are off because he's really trying to go, you know, after the middle. He'll get those people that'll always just vote McCain, no matter how how old he looks or how much he seems like he's just he's just not with it. And another six years is a very, um, you know, difficult a uh, uh, thing I think to hang on to a former POW um, who's going to be, um, I think, what well, we figured it out near eighty um, by the time he's done. Um, you know, but, you know, that being said, a lot of people have been there. And, 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 and a, as you mentioned, you know, Kirkpatrick isn't, um, she's, she's not Robert Redford in the candidate. Let's just put it that way. I guess it's, you know, you have to have, you know, you're going to unseat somebody like Crocker Jarman or John McCain. You better have some energy. Um, you know, you really better kind of show you a little bit of that, of that, of that future coming through, um, than Kirkpatrick does, you know, uh,
1: Right, credible lady. Good, I mean, to me, her earlier campaign was a pretty strong one, uh, but it just seems like she's faltering now, and I, you know, she's running out of time to turn this around. And again, I just, I, even though she was very knowledgeable and uh, sounded pretty good, but all in all, I, I just don't think it was enough to really. It really went over undecided
0: voters. Right. And, you know, and it's also another aspect, I think, of the uniqueness of the Trump campaign, um, where when you would have other situations where you talk about, you know, the down-ballot filtering, um, you have issues that are going on that then can resonate through those down-ballot races, right? So you have, you know, say uh, they're talking more about tax rates uh, in 2012, um, and then they would ask those same questions on the trail when you're having a Senate race or a congressional race or a state house race. Um, but since there's so few specifics these days, especially in this race, it's all just about I would do this, I would do that. I mean, again, that point was made in the presidential debate how when you're operating in politics, a lot of it's deal-making and, and what you say. and you know. But staying out of that, it's still the difference of the policy isn't there at the top of the ticket, so I don't know if it has as much of effect down ballot because that now the Trump and Clinton thing drowns out some of these regional races like like McCain and Kirkpatrick, but at the same time, you can't take those same issues and apply it so it's not like they they become a lightning rod and then you're you're asking McCain and Kirkpatrick about policy you're The only thing they're talking about is his video um or how he insults people, and that's not, um, you usually get both sides agreeing on that. It's not them saying, well, you know, tax rates shouldn't be here, or, um, you know, privatizing Social Security, or, you know, affordable care, uh, health care. Um, there's a lot of different ass, uh, you know, uh, fine, finities to policy that aren't going down. So, you know, what do you think of that? Is is, is that something you see? Um, do you agree with that?
1: Well, I... I feel that, you know, you, you touched on some very interesting points. I, I think you, you have a, a race in this one where, again, you have this veteran senator who has been, you know, revered, had won a lot of goodwill from Democrats and liberals in the past, uh, unfortunately squandered most of that with his 2008 presidential campaign and the appointment uh, and his, well, of his running mate, Sarah Palin, who many say is the reason why he lost. Yep. Um... Certainly can be admired for some many reasons, and, and 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 certainly what he endured in Vietnam. You know, to this day, I'm in awe of of, of, of the kind of courage he showed, mm-hmm. and and the fact that he just didn't completely lose his mind mm-hmm. um, and came out of it. You know, as as good as he did. Uh, but I, one thing about John McCain, of course, he's always been known to have a temper. I mean, I hope I'm you know answering your questions here, but. Just, it, it still seems like he does have a real chip on his shoulder from the 2008 election, sure. uh, based on some of the remarks he made about President Obama. Um, is that going to cost him reelection in Arizona? No, but it's just a little—it's it's just kind of a key to his personality. Uh, it doesn't seem like he's really mellowed out all that much. Uh, but again, he—he's lucky in that he has a candidate who really just has not. I hate to say it, it's just not been all that impressive, sure. Uh, despite uh, some of her achievements, otherwise, and Anna and Kirkpatrick just has, she just she she just can't seem to seal that deal.
0: Yeah, let's get to some of their policy uh, discussions here. I think you know we have two clips queued up that we want to talk about. Um, one was um, uh, on the Affordable Care Act, and first we're going to go into um, a little two minute clip here where they both discuss uh, the veterans' health system.
2: Well, first, let me say I was the first member of Congress to ask for an independent inspection at the Phoenix VA when I first heard the allegations about what was happening there and work to protect the whistleblowers against retaliation. So my whistleblower protection act just passed the House. Uh, And, you know, if those brave people hadn't come forward, we would never know what's going on uh, at the VA. I just finished doing a round of visits to all three of our VA hospitals, <coughs> the one in Prescott, the one here in Phoenix, and one in Tucson. And after I do that, I have a veterans' roundtable because I want to hear from them what their experience is with the vet- veterans' hospitals and the administration. When I was in Tucson, having my veterans' roundtable, John McCain was on the radio blaming the veterans' service organizations for the problems at the VA. That's not gonna fix the problems. Again, we need to work in a bipartisan way for our veterans. They've already paid the price, now we have to fight for them with all our might. Look, after this
5: terrible thing happened and the tragedy here in Phoenix of of 50 brave veterans uh, dying on a non-existent waiting list, I was asked to work with Bernie Sanders, who was then the chairman of the VA, the Veterans Affairs Committee. We worked hard, it was tough. And from out of it, we made some significant reforms. Among them are the choice card, that a veteran under certain conditions is able to go out and uh, get health care from a provider. So far, over 5 million appointments have been made. That was legislation that Senator Sanders and I uh, worked on and was able to get through Congress. There's a terrible problem in America today, and that is veteran suicide. 8,000 veterans American commit suicide. Veterans commit suicide every day, uh, 28 years, 22 every day. I passed the Clay Hunt Suicide Prevention Act thanks to the family members of Clay Hunt, a young man who committed suicide, and we are working on this issue.
0: Well, he's working on the issue. I think that, that clip there, I don't know if you can... If 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 it came through so much on the audio, but it 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 did sort of play off. I think where where McCain is, he he's 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 got the experience. He's done something. It's so hard to unseat that, no matter how where he is in his political career, whether he can put things together. He's more of a stumbler um, when he talks. He f- kind of forgets days and years and whether to compare that. But he's too invulnerable. Other than that um you know he he did work on things at the va he is a pow that's you know when you have when you have those kinds of issues it's hard for somebody like Kirkpatrick to to battle it um and there is that other right. thing with um you know what happens we know what happens in congress is the longer you're there the more tenure you have so the better appointments you have and the more that you can directly effectuate change and and oh, and so it, you know it becomes a big barrier that if you don't have something, a big reason to get rid of this person, you keep them there because of their experience and where they are. Um, and, and he, and he played that card. Um, you know, again, I, you know, I hate to keep making this comparison, but you know, John McCain and Crocker Jarman are not very far from each other. If you ask me, um, but you know, but, but, you know, uh, uh, whatever I God, Robert Redford's character in the movie just escaped me. Um, but, but, but that character and anchor Patricker are, are, so far apart I, you know, it's still very tough for her to, you know, overcome that in in, 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 th- in four weeks or even less with early voting.
1: Right. I, I, I will say I think that was one of the King's best moments when he was talking about the VA. Uh, you, you can see that it is something he does care about and imperfectly, as he may have uh you know, gotten some solutions or gotten some real help for it. I, I think most people would say he's done a very good job at dealing with issues concerning the VA. Uh, so that that was one of the the plus moments for for him. And it, I, I will say also on this debate, it never got really nasty. Yes, sometimes they sniped at each other, and, and but I would say in general it was a very civil a civil debate. And that was you know after the the horror show we all saw on sure. Sunday. <laughs> it was uh, refreshing to see these two people, you know, behaving themselves. I'm not inferring Hillary Clinton didn't on Sunday. I mean, she did, but again, you know, Sunday was not a good night. But I, I, I'd say overall, McCain, this was a pretty good night for him, despite a few really weak moments.
0: Yeah, and as you mentioned, one of the things we talked about um, was, uh, you know, when, when, McCain said okay to the debate with Kirkpatrick. Then it became okay. She's got a little bit of a window, but then he's opening it up so he can close it on her. Um, that if right. if if uh, she doesn't really go in there and and deliver a really great performance or have something that really is going to set her out why she should um, take McCain's place um, as the senator from Arizona. Um, then it was going to be very hard for her, you know. And, and I think he effectively did it. I think he effectively shut the window that he opened. Um, and I, you know, I don't know whether whether she's going to, you know, have the ability to 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 overcome.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I I don't think so. And I I you know I repeat myself. But I don't like making predictions on elections, but I think it's a pretty safe bet that John McCain will be back in the Senate chambers. Next year, and, and for Patrick, who for all the positive, positive qualities she has, and perhaps maybe the next time around she might win that race or she could go on perhaps to be governor or continue in Congress. Uh, but this is just not going to happen for her this, this year.
0: Well, um, you know, let's uh, go back, let, let's go to the next one here. We got yeah. um, uh, October 19th. Um, is going to be the next um, presidential debate uh, in
1: Las Vegas, my hometown yes. at UNLV,
0: and also moderated by um, you know a Fox News Sunday anchor, Chris Wallace, right. which is uh you know g- you know going to be slightly different. I mean, I don't know really hmm. what Chris Wallace is going to do. I you know I don't think in that national stage and also with the other experience he has. You know, he's no Shep Smith. He's no Sean Hannity, he's definitely, you know, has has a bit of a background of working at different news organizations, so you would expect him to be as as fair as possible. I don't think he's just because he's with Fox, he's not going to come out and be be a Trump uh, uh, supporter, um, at least publicly. Right,
1: I, I agree. Yeah, I, I think Chris Wallace generally has a very good reputation. Uh, I would expect him to ask both candidates tough but fair questions. Uh, and I, I don't, you know, I think, again, it, well, I mean, it, we're hearing all kinds of speculation about whether or not Trump even shows up. I suspect he probably will because he can't help himself. Um, he has to have another press be,
0: conference with the with the accusers. Uh, you know, he's got to have some sort of press conference before. Uh,
1: well, so. he may try that again. I mean, I will say that it, it looked like what he did last on Sunday did seem to rattle Mrs. Clinton somewhat. Um, and, you know, it, it's understandable, um, but I, I'm sure I, at the same time she, I'm sure she and her people must have known this, something like this was coming. And I suppose she prepared herself for it as much as she could have done.
0: Yeah, you know, and it did seem Under like there the was of the some person. of that discussion that was going on for a few hours when they found out that he wanted to seat them in his, uh, um, you know, family seating area. They had actually had a box, um, not in the front row right. um, for the... For the uh, town hall uh, uh, debate. So, you know, I, I yeah, you know, he might have thrown her off a little bit, but it was just, you know, how do you combat that? It's almost, you know, she has to take herself. I think she's been used to debating adults for the past 25 years. And then, you know, you have to go to the, like, the playground in the sixth grade. Um, and that's, and that's the, you know, the playing field Trump's on at this point. And, you know, she gets too much into policy. She looks, you know, he can, he can berate her. Um, you know, she looks too stiff and cold. You know, she's got to stay, she's got to keep, match the energy, but, but, but not, but not the tenor. And, and, you know, that's well, a I, challenge.
1: Right.
0: You know, that's why some I of those guess, other Republicans, yeah. I don't think, could overcome it in the primary. They just, they couldn't have the, the, the energy with the, with, without the vitriol. And, and any, for anybody but Trump, it doesn't work. Exactly.
1: I won- say, look, this was not the grand slam that she had at the previous debate. Uh, but and in, in general, you know, she kept her composure. She did have some good comebacks. One thing I heard some analysts saying that when Trump was sort of stalking around her, which was creepy enough, that she should have confronted him. But I actually think she was smart not to acknowledge that and sure. not to say anything to him. I think her overall, that she was conveying, you don't frighten me. I'm not going to you're not going to get me to react to this i'm going to do what i need to do i'm going to ignore you as much as possible in that in that way um again i think she came out the winner of this debate but it was just such an ugly ugly debate that you know you didn't really see her people or her surrogates sharing all that much about it i think it was just a relief that it did not turn into a disaster for her the disaster was for him
0: Right, and 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 we're going to find out what's going to happen. I, mean, I think the third one's going to be just as interesting. Um, I, right. you know, I, I I don't see it changing much. Um, you know, I don't think Trump can afford to go out there and do the same thing, um, especially from behind on a podium. Um, and um, so we're going to see um, really what's going to come. Uh, but if it doesn't look much better, I mean, the nineteenth—that's the end of it. I mean, we're talking, you know, eight days from now, and that's. Uh, that's that's going to be a lot to solidify, I think. You know, um, so we're going to find out what's going to happen. I think we had talked earlier, and we want to, we're, We've moved our podcast now to Tuesday. We got this debate on Wednesday, so we might do a special preview on uh, a week from now um, on Tuesday, or maybe we'll just do a special Wednesday edition. But um, for all our subscribers, if you just stay nimble, we'll definitely have one um, by Thursday morning, if that's what we end up doing. Um, but uh, stay tuned to what we're going to do in a couple weeks um, just to kind of get this last debate out um, and we'll see what's going to be working after that. Karen thank you again for for for, thank you for discussing this with us and 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 watching both of these debates from from beginning to end Um, Mm -hmm. uh, you might be one of 10 people um, I appreciate that (laughs) that actually watch both from beginning to end so um, appreciate that and uh, for, for, for giving that all, all, all that information to our listeners. Thank you, and thank
1: you to all the listeners. Really appreciate it.
0: We'll see you next time, everybody. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.